commit to the play and don't feel like you're the worst one in the class. It's really cool to kind of see them think outside of the box. Sometimes those criticisms aren't necessarily right. It's a great idea, but it has to be educational. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Green Room Podcast. I'm your host, Wesley Schofield, and today I am joined by... Josh Allred, Peter Spitz. And I thought we would talk about struggles. Everything we do creatively is kind of a struggle, um, whether it be the motivation to start or the acquisition of new skills. And since I have been drawing a lot more than I have lately, I've realized that while I might think I understand basic shading and form and proportion, I don't ever practice it. And because (laughs) since I think I know it, I don't want to waste the time on basics and structure when I just want to jump right into the thing that I want to make, and then it turns out bad, and I'm like, why is this turning out bad? So, can anyone relate with that, or am I just, well, I'm skipping the tutorial, I feel like. I, I definitely, you know, think that, I, I have a different thought from relatability, but I think it's hilarious that you mentioned that you have been able to take the initiative to do more drawing, and I'm sure that's in the wake of the coronavirus and having a little bit more free time. Me, on the other hand, one of the biggest struggles I have creatively now is the fact that I can't motivate myself. I, I live a life that's heavily structured with, with mm-hmm. school and, and class times where I have a studio time to go and, and draw for a couple hours in the day and, and everything's laid out for me. And now that that's all online and that's all kind of taken out from under me, I'm like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest struggle is trying to sit down and do something creatively productive instead of just, you know, playing video games and lounging around doing doing nothing. I haven't played a lot of video games too lately, but it is like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I can't go out and shoot stuff with the camera because I shouldn't be outside. Right. But then also it's like, well, I don't have anything exciting to shoot inside, um, and I don't have a capture card, so I can't record my games, so I guess I'll just start drawing. But... Do you understand what I'm talking about? Skipping the the basics, maybe? Basically, all I do is struggle. Cause, like, <laughs> I like, I, because I'm very new compared to, like, both of you guys. You guys have, like, way more experience on everything. So, like, that's what I kind of like about it, though. Because every day I'm here, uh, I kind of have to learn a new skill to, like, accomplish the project that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the other day, like, when I was just making some random logo for fun. That's when Josh, like, you know, bestowed upon me the wise knowledge <laughs> that, hey, maybe you should sketch that before, like, freaking out on, like, Photoshop. And I was like, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it is. It's funny because looking back at, like, when I started getting into a lot of, like, the design and video stuff, yeah, everything was a struggle. And, I mean, now that I have new struggles and new, like, shortcomings, but, like, yeah, back then it was just, like, the... The process of even starting, understanding, making this happen, like, ugh, like, the tools aren't, like, they're not snappy in your head yet, like, your your process, like, something I, I do to this day, if I'm starting something new, I'm thinking, okay, I need the infrastructure to be perfect, so my workspace needs to be ready, I need to be ready, I need to do all this information gathering, and I'm just like, I should probably just start doing it. That might help, like, with watercolor. I was like, what's the best watercolor brushes? What's the best watercolor paper? And I'm like, bro, I have a crappy set now. I need to learn how to use this terrible thing before I learn something fancy, I guess. Right. Well, I think that's a good point, too. I've heard the 
somebody say that the materials you use do not make you a better artist. You know, no matter what you're using, changing to, to a better, simply changing to better mediums is not going to improve your skill. And, and so you can build skill with whatever. Mm -hmm. you know, so I think that's a good thought. What's been, okay, now that you're just sort of getting into this though, like what, what's your perception been from the outside of I want to do this to now, now you're starting? Like, do you have any different feelings about it? As in, uh, like, like, has the magic been taken away? Has like the 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 curtain been raised? You understand the inner workings of some of this now. It's not more of just a dream state. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it, it's gotten a lot better because uh, what I've realized is basically just the more I do and the more I just you know just kind of send it on projects like, hey, like. I want to make something, if I just go out and do it, like, I have to learn a new skill, and then that's just, like, another skill, like, added to my entire repertoire, so, like, by the time I'm done with it, like, I feel, like, really good about it, because I'm, like, I just made this cool project, and now I just have another skill that I needed to learn to make this project, that's just, like, more knowledge that I have now that I didn't have before, and, like, it feels like the curtain's, like, slowly being raised, like, piece by piece the mm -hmm. more I do. Heck yeah. Yeah, like, I think before, too, I had this idea that, like, you had to, it was, like, I, I remember in Skylar's last podcast, she talked about that, like, that you should just, creativity should just come at you, and you should just be inspired, and it's organic, and it's ready, and that she covered that, like, it's work sometimes. Like, when you're not inspired, when, like, you might not understand or whatever, you just got to continue to push through it. I'm like, yeah, true. Because, like, mm -hmm. sometimes now, like, the the work you want to do isn't it's either way too hard or it's like it's just sort of maybe boring so like you're just like nah like it's not creative enough so then you're just like oh wait no i really i just have to do this like this needs to be done right creativity comes from like weird weird things sometimes like i'll be like working on a project not really knowing like what the hell i want it to be and then like i go through and i'm like what font do i want in this i just find like a cool font and i'm like I want it like that. I want, like, the entire thing to be based around that. And it's like, damn, there's my inspiration. Dude, typeface has... Oh, man. Typeface has some power to it, dude. Like, even in video, like, creating these title sequences, I'm just like, okay, what do I want people to feel with watching the video? So that must, like, the, the way they're talking, the way I'm even editing it, the music I put underneath, the music I put underneath is really the, the feel driver. Because, like, you could be talking about anything, and I could put some sad music behind it. Even though you're not talking about anything sad, people will be bummed, dude. <laughs> or, like, if, like, you're talking about something, like, extremely boring, but I put some, like, hype music behind there, the people are like, yeah. But then when it comes to the titles, like, I'm thinking, like, okay, how does the typeface reflect what I want them to feel or infer so far? Right. How... How do you take on that with more graphic design stuff, like with your posters? What does typeface do for you? Well, to be honest, it's probably my weakest point. You know, like I have the I have a super hard time with with choosing fonts and typography. It's more than it should be mm -hmm. an afterthought for me. But you know, with just similar with your with your video and things, it's very important to try and think about the feel 
is it playful? You know, is it is it serious? Is it reserved? Is it um, a little looser? Mm -hmm. uh, and that can be very much so impacted by the typography. The most I've seen with that is some original typography I've done, um, which is really when I can break past the fact that typography is you know an afterthought for me usually, because if you're making original typography for something, it where that the graphic is mostly the words, mm -hmm. um, that's when I can really get into, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like recently, um, I did uh, a graphic for um, the 150-year celebration of ranching heritage in Wilcox, Arizona. And that was an extremely brutally long process for me because I, typography is an afterthought. But yeah. I was asked to create something around just the words celebrating 150 years of ranching heritage in Wilcox, Arizona. And um, to not add graphics with that. And I was like, oh, goodness. <laughs> um, and my, my process was, you know, going all over the place. Um, and I don't know what point I was trying to make, but I had to use just words to, yeah. to identify a feel and, and a message. And I, I feel like... In, in all design, it should be more than an afterthought because that text can be very powerful. 100%. Even, I remember, like, with the last Instagram carousel I had you make, the like, your cloud letters. Oh, yeah, yeah. At first, you were using this, like, more, like, flamboyant, very curvy font, and, like, it was really cool, but, like, reading it wise, it was, like, more of a struggle to read it. Like, I really liked it because uh, the first part, like, the reason I liked it so much was because the very first one, the title, looked super nice and, like, awesome. But then, like, the farther I got into it, it's kind of funny how it went in, like, a sequence. The more I did, the worse it got. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, by the final slide where I have a bunch of words, it's like, this just looks like ugly barf on a piece of paper. And I'm yeah. like, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, but, like, the first one looks so good, but this looks so trash. And then, like, finally, Wesley had to come up to me, and he's looking at it. And I was like, maybe I should just change the font. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> but then I think the other font you did pick, because, like, and you guys will see this probably on Instagram sooner than later, but um, it had, it, it's very cloud-based font. And, like, I think it ties in perfectly to, like, everything we were even trying to communicate with, like, the project you were working on. Yeah. But it's funny that, like, yeah, like an afterthought. Sometimes... It's just, it's just slap the text on there, dude. Who cares? Just slap right, it on there. Right. It's about the design, right? And then other, other times you get there and you're just like, the text is the design. <laughs> like, it's just like it, it breaks down this wall. It's crazy. Because I was like, I'm going to have this big flowy text and then I'll just have a little cloud. And then after like seeing that the text was horrible, I was like, well, what should the font be now? So I just went in cloudy font <laughs> yeah. and it worked <laughs> the thing I love too is like a lot of times I think I get really bogged down I'm like I need to make these custom resources these graphics and then I'm thinking like I could just google like royalty free stuff like I don't need to make a standard I don't know guitar shape when like that exists like me making it is not going to make any difference like stock images exist for a reason yeah i think a lot of people like don't realize that and like that's still hard for me to understand even though i know that like every time i'm like i need to make all the resources myself but like really it's 
Yeah. Nah, I don't know how to make those. So, like, a lot of times it's (laughs) best if, like, okay, go find a a free vector or something or, like, build around it. Don't try and, like, make it all from scratch because a lot of times you can't. Making me a little uncomfortable because I totally make 100% of my graphics. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Dude, I love it. Because, like, well, I think the difference, too, is, like, Okay, you're definitely not skilled in Illustrator. Yeah, I don't I'm know anything. I'm barely skilled in Illustrator. You are very good in Illustrator. So building sheets for you was like, boom, 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 here you go. For me, I'm just like, image trace? And then it doesn't work. I'm like, oh, no. Like, And then, like, okay, I learned Photoshop first. So all of my knowledge is centered there. Illustrator, like, I've touched in a little bit. But it's like, I think it's more intimidating than Photoshop. Photoshop is very... Okay, people who use MS Paint think Photoshop is complex, but I think Photoshop is basic. Illustrator is complex. And so now that you're in, you're new, Illustrator is another thing. Like, not only... Okay, if you're working on a project that requires you to make a shape, yeah. Photoshop, since you have some basic knowledge in, not as hard, but you could probably build a guitar shape there. But it would be extra hard for you to build it in Illustrator because you don't know how to work it. Yeah. Same with me. Like since I have such limited knowledge, it's more of a struggle to figure out that problem because it's like it's like here's your main problem. Now you have a sub problem that takes extra research to learn how to solve. It's it's kind of funny because the the logic behind that is you you guys are like using a wrench to pound a nail. In. So, <laughs> I mean, like Illustrator is meant to make those yeah. guitar graphics, whereas Photoshop you can you can do it in there, sure, and you, you can do it relatively easy to make a simple shape, but it's like. <laughs> yeah, why? It's so, that is funny because like I do like sometimes when I think of like a resource for a video I'm like I should just have Josh make this because like <laughs> even though it would be an extra project for you I know you could do it way faster than it would and of higher quality than me taking the time to Google how do I do this now I'm going to do this now it's not working out so now I have to troubleshoot why it's not working out and it's just like I should just have Josh do this just, just have the artist do it because yeah. like that's why I always get, like, a strange feeling when people, like, call me a creative. Because I guess I'm like, yeah, I'm creative. But, like, the thought of, like, creativity in my mind is someone like Josh who, like, has, like, actual skill at, like, making art. And then I'm over here, like, <laughs> in Photoshop, like, all right, so how can I, like, kind of, like, work on this piece of art and make it look better? But, like, I'm like, I'm not really the artist, though, am I? But then, like... By the time I make the end project, I'm like, I kind of am a weird version of an artist. (laughs) That's how I feel about videos, too, is like, I'm just like, man, I wish I could shoot stuff like that. And then I shoot stuff that I actually like. I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's probably one of the most fulfilling things in in any creative field, any any sort of artwork you're doing is when you see significant improvement Mm -hmm. or something that is good for what you're used to and you you make it and you're like that was good i did a good job i have something super specific to that i have a set of three little icons i'm holding up four fingers three icons i made in photoshop it's a a dagger a a shield and a hammer like a war hammer i i found just a really quick thing on photoshop or yeah I found a quick video on Instagram showing a Photoshop technique that was how to mirror your drawing across a vertical or horizontal line. 
And then also, if you just hold shift and click with your brush thing, it makes a straight line. And I was like, I didn't know that. I thought that was the pen tool kind of thing. So I could do it with the brush tool. Right, right. So I make, I make these little icons and I add um, the, like the pop art, the little circles, shading kind of thing. Oh, and like I so cool. Dude, a yeah. bunch of effort into this like three-hour little session. Those are some of the best graphics I've ever made. And I that was the first and last time I really touched that technique. And I'm just like, this is so good. I'm so good at illustrating things. But I'm like, it's not even an illustrator, and it's a one-time thing. <laughs> but, like, after I saw those, I was like, these are great. These are some of my best work. I just need to do that more, for right, sure. Right, right. I guess it is just, like, one of those things where you're like, you got to get through, like, your crappy phases before you get to, like, the real good stuff. Like, because we only see, like, artists' like, their best projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We never see, like, Da Vinci's, like, crappy stick figures. <laughs> like, we only see, like, the Mona Lisa and stuff like that, but... yeah, That is yeah, totally that's, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because, like, I, I do my best to not, like, I know for a fact from where I started in high school at my Photoshop experience to now, like, the things I've been able to make and the people I meet, no one knows anything. <laughs> about anything like everyone's like yeah that guy's a professional whatever and it's like i can guarantee you that guy's sitting in his room being like i don't know how to make this like, <laughs> he's struggling just like i am and i'm like oh we are we're all just like yeah. newbies at whatever so like yeah. i don't know like no, i don't think anyone's naturally like i could pick up a paintbrush and well bam i'm just so good everyone's at the same point where they're like yeah. how do you use this tool or how do i make this illustration come to life right. and that, that's like that is nice to think of, but also at the same time, when I'm having a hard time, I'm like, why do I suck? <laughs> it yeah. is, like, a weird progression, though, like, because you, like, for me, like, all the times, like, I feel like I'm the the newest and most, like, inexperienced person at something, and then let's say I get good at something, it's super weird when I go to talk to someone about, like, a certain, like, subject on what I'm doing, and they don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm like, oh, wait. I'm not, like, an amateur at this anymore. Like, yeah. I actually kind of know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's it's weird, this um, duality of our self-image versus, like, the realization of, like, I do have skill. Like, <laughs> it's, it's weird because, like, I think maybe super egotistical people are just, like, that's what they always believe is that they're degraded at. But, like, I feel like the general theme of most artists I've ever met is we don't think very highly of ourselves. And then a lot of times we're always comparing ourselves mm. to other people. Mm -hmm. So it is, it is kind of cool, like when you have a conversation with someone or you show someone a piece of work that you think is just sort of okay and they're like blown away by and you're like, whoa. And then it's like, why do you like this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They always like my weirder, like, like anything that I make, they always like the one that I put like the least amount of effort into and I'm like, why do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> Well, something I noticed, like, I've been absorbing a lot of TikTok lately. And, like, okay, so I made this really cool little B-roll edit sequence of when we were exploring that alley. I thought, that is a great piece of content. And not that I even have a following on TikTok, but that video has, like, three views. A video that I made off of Snapchat that was short, stupid, and just, like, it was 10 seconds long, has 1,500 views. And I'm like... 
Why are we here? Why are, <laughs> Why am I doing this? Like, why am I an artist if no one like appreciates my yeah, actual dude. work? <laughs> but I think that too is like, maybe I think this gets into a deeper conversation of like, okay, one, like your own taste and who what you're making stuff for, but also like where you decide to put it. So yeah. clearly TikTok, people don't care about a B-roll edit. They clearly care about short, silly jokes. So, but if I was to post that same that same video on Instagram, did fairly well. Like a lot of traction on it. People thought it was cool. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But then I don't even think that same video would work the same on Facebook. Definitely have to consider your audience a little bit. Mm-hmm. And even though, like, okay, even though I am on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, I don't consume the same thing across any of the four. Like they're like. I mean, I don't consume, like, nearly anything on Facebook, but, like, everything I do on Instagram has a certain flavor. Even if it's different, like, types and designs, it, there's still a, a theme, I guess. Yeah, your aesthetic. Yeah. On YouTube, like, that's also a different piece. Like, I don't... I, most of the videos I watch are longer-form videos. But if I find a long-form video on Instagram, I'm like, get out of here, dude. Like, I don't want this. <laughs> or even if it's, like, if... Instagram or TikTok start taking themselves too seriously. I'm like, ew, gross. Like, get out of here. YouTube is the serious place. <laughs> so, like, yeah. it, it is weird how, like, even yeah. those, the platforms themselves, have, like, have, some kind of theme. Have a connotation to them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I want to move on to who are some of your, like, creative heroes or people you take a lot of inspiration from? I don't really follow artists. What? Dang. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, I'm the, you're like the best artist I know and you're like, nah, screw art. <laughs> what about you, Peter? In like, I guess it depends on like what, uh, what platform are we talking about? Like, well, I don't know, like, any kind of medium, any whatever, just, like, who are some people in the creative world that you, like, you're like, I want to make stuff like you, or I learn a lot from you? Hmm. Um. It's kind of <laughs> horrible, because I don't actually know how to say his name. But, uh, Dennis Villeneuve. Uh, I don't know. But he's the uh, director for movies like, uh, have you ever seen uh, Prisoners or um, Sicario or uh, Blade Runner 2049? It seems like, because it seems like every movie that he does, he great just great at just directing like he knows how to push the story and then uh i really really need to learn the name of his uh cinematographer long words but anyway <laughs> like uh i forgot that dude's name but every time those two are like paired together they just it's amazing like it and like every time like i'm here with my my phone and i'm like i want to shoot like that yeah <laughs> like i want to make movies like that and I wish I could, but I can't. So I'm just like out filming around in Wilcox, like, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's weird that like you don't follow like any artists because like recently, like, so there's a couple artists on Instagram I've like followed for years, and recently on Twitter, dude, I've been like going hard at following a lot of various like artists from like every kind of genre. Oh my gosh, 
because like I feel like as an artist, like I want my work shown and appreciated. Like maybe I should understand this ecosystem of like artist to artist interaction more. Because like I feel like otherwise, if I'm isolating myself, that like not that I'm trying to copy anyone, but like understanding like how do we share art? How do we give critique better? How do I interact with other artists to maybe collaborate or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm trying to get more integrated into that. But a lot of times, like, I love how low artist self-esteem is. That sounds awful. But I mean, like, okay. I love that people hate this. <laughs> no, it's because, like, I, I love giving compliments and gassing people up. Like, that feels really good. Right. So you tweet at someone on, like, Twitter. You see their picture. Like, this is amazing. Oh, my gosh. And they, like, their heart melts. And you're just like, I just made their day so much better. But, like, so that feels good. But, like, it's, it's cool because it's, like, hey, you just gave me this thing that inspires me right now. Like, I didn't even ask for it. Here it is. I'm going to leave you a modestly complimentary comment. And they're just like, yes. I'm like, we both improved each other's lives. Like, I think that's so cool. It is pretty great. Like, anytime I get a compliment, like, every time it's like, wait, you think it's good? Mm-hmm. You're lying. Who <laughs> <laughs> But, it, no, it is super nice because it's like, there's actually, like, one person that can, like, see what I'm trying to see. Like, they actually see, like, what I'm trying to, like, show people with, like, a project or something. Like, if they get, like, the aesthetic I'm putting out there, it's like, yes, that's perfect. We've talked about it on this show before about dealing with negative critique. Like, your comment is also in the intro of the show. Um, We've never talked about positive critique because I have... I have a theory on this, but I'm I'm going to wait until you guys talk about yours. So, okay, like you just said, someone gives you a positive compliment, and you say, you're lying. <laughs> I understand that mentality, but why do you, why do you think that? I guess because, again, as, like, an artist, like, it seems like nothing I ever do, like, it's never quite perfect. Like, I never reach, like, perfection, so, like... When someone sees my imperfect, like, piece of work and they say, like, wow, that's really good, it's, like, since it's not perfect, like, in my own eyes, I'm, like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's, like, it could be so much more. But, like, then again, these, these people don't know what's going through my mind, so, like, to them it looks good. To me, it's, like, it could be something better. True. Oh, yeah, I agree. How about you? So if someone gives you a compliment, what's your usual response? It depends. I, I think uh, you know, like Peter was talking about, because some artwork you genuinely are you genuinely are proud of. We mm-hmm. talked about how if you make something that is significantly better than than other things, you kind of expect others to feel the same way, and it's extra hurtful when somebody doesn't like it. But when you make something that's typical. For, for your skill level or something that you didn't put as much effort into and somebody compliments you, you're like, you just don't feel the same way about it. It's just like, why? Why do you like this? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I definitely, it, it depends. When I don't personally like what I what I did, I'm kind of like, no, you don't. <laughs> you, can't, you can't like this because I don't like this. I'm not allowing you to like this piece of artwork. Um but then it's all the more rewarding when you when everybody's proud of it. Like mm-hmm. uh, I had an experience yesterday. I was messing around and I drew my first caricature ever of my little brother. 
And uh, how old is he? He's like, this is terrible. I should, he's 16. <laughs> um, and I drew a funny caricature of him. And it was fun for me because he's 16. I mean, he's not quite filled out. He's got all these awkward characteristics. Uh-huh. And I spent like 15 minutes on it. <laughs> Just charcoal drawing real quick on my little easel. And... It was hilarious, and everybody thought it was hilarious, yeah. and it was just fun all around. And so, positive critique can be very exciting, too. I'm going to restart that point. Okay, so there is the two flavors of the positive critique. From your inner circle, like from your mom or something, for your significant other, they say, great, I love it, but they don't often tell you why it's good, or offer any kind of specific. It looks good. Yeah, okay. Um, what do you like what's your favorite part it? about it? Uh, and like, right as you say that, they're always just like, crap. Because <laughs> like, okay, whether it's a drawing or a video, they want to support you. And you could make something kind of subpar. And they will still probably support you. But then, I love... When you throw out your work onto a public place or to someone who kind of doesn't care about you, that is like, I, mean, I value them the same, but they teach me different things. Well, my mom says, that's a cool video. I'm like, I'm your son. When like, <laughs> someone on the internet says, that's a cool video, I'm like, oh my God. Are you serious? Like, it's like a big deal. Right. And so, again, I guess that relates to the negative stuff too. Like, if my mom said, I don't like it, I get kind of <laughs> upset. Like, if she's like, I just don't like that. You know you messed up when even your own mom's like, yes. <laughs> Dude, yeah. But if someone on the internet like, or whatever wow. is like, that's whack. I'm like, you're whack. Get out of here. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's different. Like, I, I, I think there's two flavors of both of them. But, like, you'll, you'll get the most insight about something from strangers. Because, right. like, although they can totally be a little rugged in their, in their assumptions or their critiques, I think that is the better way to understand objectively, is this a good or bad piece? Right. And I say objectively because even though art is subjective, let's say you post a drawing on Reddit and you're like, what do you think of this? And if 50 people comment and like 47 of them say it's great, you could probably lean that like you have a solid design. Like it might not be perfect to everyone's taste, but like in the principles of design, it's pretty solid. So the other three are going to be like, well, that's, it's just not your taste. Or maybe you just have different, I don't know, levels than I do. Maybe you're just being a troll. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. But I think that this is an interesting topic of positive and negative critiques. Because that's something, like, we, it's like the, I don't know, it's like the fuel to our fires. You know, like, whether it's a client project or even a personal project, the goal, the, the reason is someone will enjoy it in some way. Hopefully, you know. So I think whether it's someone being like, this is whack, you need to change it, or this is amazing, we need to understand how to navigate these these kind of views. Because if we worry all of our time on like, oh no, username 005 did not like my drawing. Like, that. who cares, dude? But like, if the client is happy, if you as the artist is happy, like, oh, that's solid, that's good, like you did good work. And that's my TED Talk. Absorbing <laughs> oh, okay. lately. Um, ooh, yeah. Absorbing. Hmm. 
some TikTok. Okay, in this time of... <laughs> I don't even have a TikTok. I mean, okay, you guys are missing out. Okay, it's Vine, but better. Okay. I've never watched Vines either. Ooh, this is an interesting thing then. Okay, have, have you guys ever, at one point, thought something was bad or whack or was not in your taste, and then you later, down the line, it comes back into your life and you like it again? Pickles. Yeah, that's gross. Okay, I used to, like, absolutely <laughs> hate pickles, but now when I, like, have a pickle on, like, a burger, I'm like, it's got that crunch to it. I, need... <laughs> I mean, like, but taste, that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. But you gotta have a good palate. I totally was not talking about food, <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I used to hate salad, and now I love salad. Yeah. But, I mean, okay. I used okay. to hate tomatoes, now I like tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes. In terms of media... When Musical.ly was popular, bef- Musical.ly is what TikTok evolved from. Wasn't Musical.ly like the thing where it's like, you have to be beautiful to be on our thing? I have no idea. Really but agree. Musical.ly was just all these kids making synchronized lip sync videos and doing some dances. I thought That's nothing crazy. could be cringy and more whack. <laughs> Absolutely awful content. But now that I've been absorbing so much TikTok, anytime I see a lip sync or a dance thing, I'm like... I, I wish die. I no. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking. I wish I had their confidence. I wish I had their energy. This is a cool video. This took time and effort to memorize, and like I appreciate it. But me from like five years ago, I'm like whack. Like I don't even want to look at it. Like get it out of here. But now I'm spending hours on TikTok. It's just that's super weird. I'm trying. To, I'm hard pressed to think of anything like that. It's been turned, Wesley. It's yeah, been turned. I've been converted. Converted to TikTok. Uh, <laughs> dang, what are my influences lately? All I've been doing are like watching like Rooster Teeth podcasts lately, and just like I do like it though, because like I see it from like a different perspective now. Because like anytime they talk about like video making or anything, like that's like when I definitely like keep like a close ear on, and I'm like knowledge, knowledge, <laughs> knowledge, and it's like I actually know what they're talking about now, where it's like. Ten years ago, ah, I made funny joke, laugh, and it's like now it's like oh, this is so good. I need to like write some of this down. <laughs> yeah. Have you been watching anything new or playing anything new that inspires you? Well, that's a different question. It is. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Um, as I have some perhaps unhealthy hobbies <laughs> of, uh, of playing, I, I do some PC gaming. And and recently, Mountain Blade Bannerlord came out in early access. And my goodness, is that a beautiful game. <laughs> um, I mean, it doesn't really inspire me creatively, creatively but it's fun. <laughs> See, like, stuff like that, I, like, for me, like, everything, everything I do and consume in a way, like, usually lends itself to, like, my work. Which... It's a good thing and a bad thing because a lot of times when it's a bad thing, all I'm thinking about is how I want to make something like it. Mm. Like when I play Destiny, I want to make a game like Destiny, but better. Like I want to make a game that's literally a clone of the thing I like, but with little additions that I personally think Destiny are great. Destiny would be better if you could do this. Exactly. <laughs> and I think of that all the time and then I'm like, I get really involved in trying to, like, yeah, I'm writing this out now, and I'm planning it. It's going to be real. I'm like, 
I'm not going into game development. What am I doing? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like you get all these ideas, and it's like, that's a completely different avenue that I am not going to do. Yeah. Like, on, I think that kind of exploration is really healthy, but it's just like, okay. that, that It's no not the way. real goal here. Like, I'm going to spend way too much time going on this weird side road that's not going to lead me anywhere I really want, but I just want the thing that I think I'm thinking of to be real. And you, you always want it, like, immediately. Immediately, yeah. Right now, I'm like, this would be great if, this were just, if I had my team of 500 people working on this right now. Yeah. I think it might, like, for me personally, I, I think I'm a little different in the way that I approach my workflow. Mm-hmm. Um, because whenever I have a new project, I very routinely, depending on the size of the project, there's an additional phase, whether or not it's a small or big project. But th- every time, the first thing I do is I do some Google searches, ranging from a small to a very large variety. In <laughs> um, anything that, you know, just little thoughts I have that I might want to emulate or look into how other people have done it. And that's where most of my inspiration comes is in those sit-down, um, you know, my designated workflow time mm-hmm. um, whenever I'm doing that research phase. Uh, and depending on the size of the project, oftentimes, as uh, our friend Peter pointed out, um, I do a sketch phase um, where more of that influence, more of that, that uh, um, inspiration comes just from my own thoughts and what I'm looking at on my web searches and what, I, what I'm sketching. And sure, throughout my life, just whenever I'm out of that, I might have an idea walking around or whatever that I'm like, oh, yes, I'll add that to my sketches, mm-hmm. yes. But... Uh, yeah, basically, I, I, I think my, because I seem to rely a lot more on structure, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, with school and everything, <laughs> but then perhaps perhaps you too, I think I do do better um, with, you know, my, my sit down and my, my um, appointed time. Uh, I seem to, to function better that way creatively. I think that's, that is fascinating because I feel like my mind my work uh drive is on all the time and it is it's amazing sometimes because it feels like i'm just this sponge of (laughs) like like knowledge and inspiration and like i don't know whatever but then like i don't think as long as i've been doing any of this it is not sustainable it like it hits a peak where like there is no more drive forward it only drives you down like you are exhausted you are over saturated with news and noise and ideas and like you then doubt you're just like dude this is whack but like it's like my performance goes like Whoa. <laughs> like it just like i'm like i'm at just such a great point in my career yeah oh i hate everything i'm overwhelmed i'm dying like it's critical mass and you seem to be more like since you do need this structure like it feels like you can pull in and pull out of like these modes where like it's work time it's creative time me i'm just like like freaking out at all times dude and that is not it's not easy oh my gosh i think i've seen that in you (laughs) (laughs) over the short time i've been here yeah it's intense but i want to know okay so since you are a little bit more tactical mostly because of structure do you do you have like a strategy of how you do take inspiration of like any rules or 
guidelines or I don't know something like do you know what, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, usually it's relatively organic. Say like I'll use the example of that 150 years of ranching heritage because it's one of the more recent ones I did that was a big process for me because it was new. When I started that, I sat down with with my words and I was like, you know, well, what sort of typography do I want this to be? I want it to emulate Western typography. So first, before I even looked in uh, Google search for images, I looked up onto font, Western fonts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and looked at those and kind of got a feel for, well, this is how other people perceive a you know, Western look in, in fonts. And I messed around with a few things on Illustrator. Uh, and then I was like, I'm not liking any of this. This is silly. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, well, let's see. Let's Google image Western typography, Western fonts. And I looked around and I offshot from there on just a relative search to vintage typography that people were doing. And that led me down the rabbit hole of looking at, well, there was a typography look to actual advertising in the era that this is celebrating, the 1870s. Let's look at advertising from the 1870s. <laughs> and, uh, and so then I looked through a mass search of that, and then I started to finally put things together and sketch down a lot of sketches of what advertising actually looked like in the time and putting my own contemporary twist on that as many graphic designers did in the Google search vintage typography. And so usually it's, it's very organic. The only structure I have is to try and force myself to do more research um, and to, to try and methodically think out um, how I'm going to do things instead of, I, I, I find that I work better when I do that than when I just sit down in Illustrator and try things until they work. Because mm -hmm. I try things far, I waste far more time doing that than, than the research that, that I can do otherwise. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Because, like, yeah, I feel like a lot of times when, okay, if, if we're going to be talking graphic design, like, and I need to accomplish a thing, I'm like, okay, well, what's the, what's the core topic? So if we're making, I don't know, like a paint night flyer or whatever. I'm thinking, okay, so it's it's an event that's more of a social thing than it is an education thing, but it's like a hidden education thing inside there. But who's the audience? And I'm thinking like, okay, so it's mostly like these older women. Like, Actually, it's always women. So like, what's something that... And then I'm trying to generalize, obviously, because like, I, you know, I can't ask everyone. Right. So I'm thinking like, okay, so I need this kind of color palette. This sort of font seems to be more inviting. It's less aggressive. And then I'm going from there, and I'm just really just plugging, I don't know, past knowledge and experience in from my head onto the thing. But then every now and then I hit a point where I'm just like, this is boring. I need to reinvent. And then I'm sitting there, I'm like, Mine's I don't know. more random and less structured. I guess it's because, like, I'm a lot less experienced. But, like, like when you gave me those, like, thumbnails to work on, like, paint night, like, my thoughts were like, all right, paint night, paint, all right, at night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm do paint. So I'm just thinking and thinking. I'm like, how can I relate paint to this poster? And I was like, I'm going to just splatter paint on it. <laughs> and honestly, that kind of worked out the best. I, I just kind of like took the general topic and just thought about it for a bit, looked up some stuff that related to it. Like uh, when I made the film festival logo, I looked up, 
best film festival logos. And, like, <laughs> I kind of, yeah. I found a few lists, and I look at them, and, like, I realize, I was like, oh, so that's what makes this one good, and, like, it's like I kind of, I see, like, the different hidden meanings in all of them, so I was like, all right, so I'm going to take some of those hidden meanings, kind of, like, mash it together into this, and, like, worked out pretty good. I mean... Yeah, like, I don't have too much structure. I wouldn't say it's a bad or a good thing. It's just how it is right now, a scene is, like, I just need to do more until, like, I figure out what works best. Right now, it's just random. That's a good good point, is, I mean, even now, like, and I never want to push the the vibe that, like, I know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm a, like... We're all learning new stuff all yeah. the time. And, and it's funny because, I mean, I, I often think about it and, and kind of take a step back, and I'm like, we're all part of a community arts program in Wilcox, Arizona, and we're all, like, in our, I don't know how old you are, Peter. Nineteen. Nineteen. You know, we're all relatively young guys. We haven't had years of experience behind us. Granted, we're pretty new to this. Yeah. <laughs> all of yeah, us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, I, I do, yeah, I do think of, like, I don't want to push that idea on there. But, like, sometimes I'm thinking, like, man, like, this is my job. I need to be, like, pro. I need to, like, do better at this. Like, or even when it's something new that I'm getting into that isn't related to my job. But I'm just thinking, like, ugh, I need this ecosystem around me. Like I, I was talking about earlier, like, I need this this structure, this, in, like, the infrastructure of everything. Knowledge, equipment, time. And then I get way too worked up about that, thinking, like, well, obviously, if I can't figure this out, I have no hope. But then, like Peter said, yeah, you just got to figure it out. And, like, I think that's something that is hilarious about what we do, about the things we want to do. It's people who say they want to do the things we want to do are stuck in the same mentality I get myself stuck in of skills, equipment, time, knowledge. You don't know anything about any of this until you do it. Mm-hmm. Because I watched a billion Illustrator videos while not working in Illustrator. <laughs> but the second I, I start an Illustrator and I'm working with a video or whatever, stuff clicks, dude. Like, right. So if there's any tip anyone needs to hear about any of this is if you want to do it, you dream of doing it, you wish you could do it, just Start messing around. Send it, because, like, what I realize is, I'll do that a lot, too. Like, uh, when trying to learn how to skateboard, like, I'm watching all these videos. Best ways how to learn how to skateboard. And, like, not doing anything. I'm not outside. I'm just, like, watching hours of content. What is the best way to, like, get this skill or do this? And, like, every time, like, I don't know why, like, it hasn't fully clicked yet. But, like, the best way to make progress is... Yeah, I'm going to just send it, see what happens. Just, like, get on board, roll, and it works. Yeah. It works. And I think a a really cool principle tied to that is, you know, there's really no right way to do anything in the creative field. And so all of those tutorials, all of those resources online, the people are talking from their perspective and what works for them. And so the, the benefit you get from actually sitting down and just experimenting with things and exposing yourself to things is you find something that works for you. And that, you got me thinking about that, Peter, where you're like, I just, you know, I'm trying to figure <laughs> things out. Because you, you need to do that for a while before you find something that you're, you get confident in and you're like, okay, this is how I'm going to approach this project in the future because it worked for me good this way. 
and and I think that that is valid for everyone, you know. So, hmm. well, thank you guys so much for joining me in this little, I don't know, group conversation. <laughs> it's been a fun time in this room that's not green. No, not green. <laughs> no, not green room. We should rename the podcast. Yeah, to, to, to Black Liney Room. <laughs> anyway, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like. Uh, if you want to listen to the on-the-go version, let's say you don't want to watch this on uh, on the video version, check us out at anchor.fm slash greenroom. You can listen to it on your phone while you're running or driving around. But we will come back at you next week with a new episode. Catch you then. Bye. You guys are awesome.